May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. Today is Christ the King Sunday. And the parable that you just heard Father Joe read is the final public teaching of Jesus before the events of Holy Week would transpire. And as we have been in this seasons of the Sundays of Pentecost and where we look at a lot of these parables of Jesus, we, we are reminded that parables are those stories in which they, they are a teaching device in which on a surface level, it, it seems like there's an easy understanding to come to. And then there is normally a deeper well and something going on. These parables often operate like a rock in our shoe. They tend to plant themselves in our consciousness, and over a period of our Christian life, something new may come out of the scripture and that, that God uses to grow you into his image and in relationship with him. Well, this parable is just like that, and as I thought about the specific parable we have in Matthew 25, the, the goats and the sheep. Um, I remembered across the span of my life, this particular parable is one of those that has been working on me for about 25 years. And if it stays to, to be true, it'll continue working on me well after today. So I wanted to use a few episodes in my life to just show how these parables work on us in different seasons and continue to grow us. I can remember at a very young age, around four or five, my grandmother, whenever we got to spend the night with her, she would read a scripture and we would get to talk about it at least for a little bit. And one of these was Matthew 25, this very, very parable of the, the goats and the sheep that we have. And she would read that. And I can remember in my head as she was reading it, my little five-year-old mind went to the, I don't know if you've ever been to West Texas, there's a big canyon called Paladuro Canyon. As we were talking about heaven and, and just the glory of God, I kind of had this picture come in my mind of God floating above this beautiful can Red Rock Canyon and floating there in his, his uh, throne from heaven and saying, all right, I need the sheep over here to the right. I need the goats over here to the left. And then if you need any help trying to figure out which one of those you are, see the angels with the badges that can answer that question for you. And I remember looking up my grandmother before dozing off to sleep. Of course, I've talked a lot, asked a lot of questions. And I asked her, Grandma, which one am I, a sheep or a goat? And she said, just go to bed, dear. <laughs> Leaving me wondering Next chapter, I'm 14 years of age in youth group, and I remember I had a love-hate relationship with one of my, now we, we, we laugh about this, but he, he's my brother in Christ, but we were kind of competitive with one another uh, in, in all kinds of different ways, and there's, this guy's name is Todd. And I remember Todd, to the leaders in the, in the youth group, he acts like he is a sheep. 
but I know for real that he is a goat, maybe posing as a sheep, and he would date a good friend of mine in the youth group. And they, uh, some things would happen, and they would have some conflict. And I remember her coming to me crying and saying, are all church boys like this? And I, I remember Matthew 25 jumped into my head, and, and I said, yes, some church boys, unfortunately, are goats. But there are sheep. And then later on, I would... I would date this girl for a, for a small little bit of time. And I remember my youth pastor calling me out. Did you just use that parable to get the object of your affection and throw your brother under the bus? I went really quickly from a sheep to a goat in, in that moment. And as we laugh about that, about a year later, I was 15 years old and one of my brothers on the football team his girlfriend, they would have a nasty breakup, and it was so painful for him that he took his life that night. And I remember as a, he was a very faithful Roman Catholic, um, I, we, all the guys on the football team decided a great way that we could honor him to his memorial service. We would wear our jerseys, and we would bring his jer jersey with us to show that he was part of the team. And I remember the preacher that day, I can remember this so clearly, he used Matthew 25 to talk about sheep and those that go to heaven and goats, those that might go to hell. And I remember just hearing that and thinking about it in that context. And we would have all the football players, we would get together and we would talk about that tragedy. And we would talk about that sermon as, as we heard it used in that context. And a final example I will use, the first mission trip that I got to go on was to Costa Rica. And of course, under the teaching of the pastors, we would build a church in the mornings and into the early afternoon. And then when it got too hot, we would have Bible study and, those, and get to know the group that was hosting us. And the, the pastors of the church, one of their big teachings to us, they would share with us the uh, liberation theology, especially from a Hispanic and Latino context. And I tell you, when I heard that teaching in that, certain, in that season of my life, it really took hold about how we should look to serve the poor and the least of these. And I went back on fire to do just that. But if you leave something to your own power and the brokenness of our own hearts before a time, we can even make the best things our sin nature begins to come back into them. And I remember in my own life, I was like, liberation theology was so important. And indeed, we need to keep to the, uh, the, the ministries of mercy and justice. All Christians are called to that. But to me, a, a motivation of self-righteousness began to enter after I had been back from that trip for a year. And then that was all that was important. And there were no other ways in a season of my life to actually serve God and to serve the poor. And I actually began to look down on people who didn't share my zeal for that for a time in my life. Something that was meant to be sheep. I found myself and my own heart taking me back to the position of a goat. Now you hear how we, uh, very simple, as we go back to parables, you're, we're supposed to feed, look to feed those that are hungry, to give a drink to those that are thirsty, 
and to clothe those that are naked and to go visit those that are on the outside that are sick or that are in prison. As we hear that, our minds naturally like to jump to the things we're supposed to do. But as in my life, every time I got into that do and thought it was just a set of rules for me to follow or good guidelines to make my life better, I found that I was left lagging and getting in touch with my own sin throughout that time. But this is where that rock in my shoe, that deep well that you have to dig a little deeper and find, which set me free from these constant series of, I'm doing it, and then realizing I'm actually a goat. It's in verse 34, which actually isn't printed in your bulletin, but it, it is the line that said this. There, Jesus says, those of you that are sheep, that are righteous, you know by, or you didn't know that what you had done for me, because when I, when I came, you didn't feed the, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. You were supposed to feed the sheep, and when you did that, when you fed those that were hungry, you did it for me. And when you fed the, those that were thirsty, you did it for me. And it brings up the point in that verse 34, which it says that you didn't realize that you had done it, but you had actually done it for me by looking for me in the least of these. This is where that moment of grace opens up to us all. Thinking that instead of doing something out of obligation, looking to care and to serve the least of these, the people that are called the sheep and the righteous, they're actually mystified. God has just given them a, a commendation about what you have done for the least of these. And they said, when did we do that, Lord? And this is how grace actually works out in our lives. And when we look on that deeper level into this parable, it is Jesus teaching us what a changed heart by his gospel and his grace looks like. That's what the teaching actually is as we mature into his image and as we are looking to grow into his character, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's as if Jesus was, was here giving this teaching to us and then we had the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one or a small group conversation with him afterwards. And we went up and we would say, Jesus, I heard you give me a, a commendation for something that I have done, but you're actually going to have to remind me because I don't remember what, what was going on or what you were talking about. And perhaps Jesus would say this in that, in that context. Do you remember when you brought things for Crown Point Elementary or you took part in our Meals on Wheels over, uh, route over here in, uh, in, around the Beauclair area in Mandarin? And you and might say, oh my gosh, I do remember that now, but I have forgotten it. And Jesus would say, very truly, I tell you, what you do for the least of these, you have also done for me. Or perhaps another, he would say, you remember the past nine months of this pandemic, especially when the entire world was locked down, and yet you didn't lose yourself in your own pity and what was going on, but you checked on your fellow church members in any way that you could. Or you visited your neighbor, maybe dropped off a meal or went shopping for someone that had preconditions. Pre pre Jesus would say, very truly, I tell you, 
You did these for the least of these. You have done this for me. This is what that grace in the parable does for us all. Instead of out of hearing the do this, look to feed the feed the hungry, look to, to give a drink to the thirsty, to clothe the righteous, we realize the King of kings and the Lord of lords that actually stepped off of his heavenly throne, stepped into the world, and then met his people where they were hungry. And when he found us hungry, he gave us his body to eat. And when we found ourselves thirsty, he shared his blood upon the cross. When he came and found us naked, he clothed us in righteous, the robes of his righteousness. And when he came and found us in, in the disease and sin of sickness, a sickness of sin, God died on the cross so that we may become whole again and to heal us. And then if, as he came and found us in prison and bondage to sin, he would rise us, rise again to set us free. Do you see how this is a much more than a do this, look to do these things to the least of these? But as, as well as this is how the grace comes in and continues to transform our heart and to grow us into the image and the character of the king. And it shows us through grace, not only do we look to serve Jesus in the least of these, but we also begin from the position of finding ourselves in the least of these. Trying to protect ourselves from realizing when we think we're sheep, how often we fall back too much into being a goat. And yet by the cross, by the love and mercy and grace of Jesus, he makes us all of those sheep. And from that position, we realize our own hunger and how he feels that, feels it. We realize our own thirst, our own nakedness, how we were on the outside brought in, and how we were in prison and sick. And we realize how Jesus meets us in that need and continues to transform our hearts and to grow us into maturity and into his image. My prayer for you this day would be that, yes, indeed, you look to how to serve Jesus in the least of these, but that you do it not out of because the clergy might have told you to, or not out of religious obligation, or even because it makes you feel good, but know the grace of Christ and the message of his gospel that plants itself in your heart and in your consciousness and continues to grow you into the image of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that from that, a joyful outpouring, as you look to do things, it comes from that position of the grace coming in, transforming your heart, reshaping and reframing your motivations, and that from there you look to be that beacon of light and hope in Mandarin as well as in our entire region, town, and world. And it comes from not just being a gospel bearer, from, but, but from being somebody who has been changed by the gospel. And from there, the outpouring of God's love, mercy, grace and kindness that just flows out of you all praise to the king of kings 
and to the Lord of lords, which for what he has done through us and by his continued grace, what he continues to do within us and through us. Amen.